Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Fi, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about the Suez Canal. Ah uh, yes, of course, it's so important and this is really timely because uh, you know, on March 23, uh, 2021, the Suez Canal was blocked in both directions by that large shipping container, uh, container ship called the Ever Given. Uh, it got stuck diagonally. That's right. It was pretty serious. So what happened? Yeah, so the ship was en route from Malaysia to the Netherlands when it ran aground after some strong winds caused it uh, to run and turn sideways, completely blocking the canal. Okay, so let's back up a little bit because the Suez Canal actually has some fascinating history. Absolutely. Well, the canal allows ships to travel between Europe and Asia without having to go all the way around Africa. That's right. It saves time and fuel. That's right. Um, it was built for the Europeans to actually go to and from the Indian Ocean. And to kind of give you a sense, uh, you know, getting a ship from Europe to Asia around the Cape of Good Hope at all the way at the bottom of Africa would take about 34 days or 13,500 nautical miles compared to the 25 days or 10,000 nautical miles when you go through the Suez Canal. It is uh, 101 miles long and it runs between the Port Said in the Mediterranean Sea uh, and Suez on the Red Sea. At its narrowest point, it is only about 200 meters wide or 656 feet. Uh, that's pretty narrow when you compare it to uh, a big container ship like the Ever Given. Uh, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Totally. Uh, wasn't the Suez Canal built by a French company? Yes, yes. They started in uh, all the way back in 1859 and it took 10 years to build the whole canal. Uh, finally, in 1869, uh, Giuseppe Verdi wrote the famous opera uh, Aida for this ceremony. And another interesting tidbit is that the success of the Suez Canal actually encouraged the French to try to build the Panama Canal. Uh, but they unfortunately didn't finish it. You know, that's another story for another Eli 5. I see. And so now 150 years on from its opening, it's one of the most important and busiest shipping lanes. Yes, yes, absolutely. About 15,000 ships pass through this canal each year, which is about 14% of worldwide shipping. Each ship takes about uh, up to 16 hours to cross the canal. And in 2015, a central part of the canal was expanded so more ships can go through and go faster. I remember reading about that. Didn't they also deepen it and add a parallel track? Wouldn't that have helped in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Um, part of the length of the canal is paralleled by an older narrower channel, which can still be used to bypass like uh, obstructions. But this particular incident with the Ever Given just so happened in a section of the canal with only one channel. Now, they say that Napoleon was considering building the Suez Canal back in his day, um, but his surveyors made some mistakes in measuring the Red Sea. They thought it was higher than the Mediterranean for some reason. Uh, how did that happen? Yeah, that is an interesting tidbit of history. Uh, he did indeed. It was during the French campaign in Egypt and Syria in late 1798. And so Napoleon expressed interest in finding the remnants of an ancient waterway passage. Uh, this culminated in a cadre of archaeologists, scientists, cartographers, and engineers scouring uh, northern Egypt. 
And their findings, uh, recorded in the description d'Egypte, <laughs> include some detailed maps that depict the discovery of an ancient canal extending northward from the Red Sea and then westward toward the Nile. Wow. So, so then, a few years later, Napoleon, uh, you know, he became the French emperor in 1804. Uh, he then contemplated the construction of a north-south canal to connect the Mediterranean with the Red Sea. But the plan was abandoned because it incorrectly assumed that the Red Sea was about 8.5 meters or 28 feet higher than the Mediterranean, which was actually the result of a fragmentary survey measurements taken in wartime uh, during the, that Egyptian expedition. Fast forwarding, uh, the Suez Canal has been in the middle of a lot of interesting political situations. Um, people talk about the Suez Crisis. What was that? Sure. The, yeah, the Suez Crisis actually has a few names. Uh, the Second Arab-Israeli War, or it's also called the Tripartite Aggression in the Arab World, and Sinai War in Israel. Uh, so it was an invasion of Egypt in late 1956 by Israel, followed by the United Kingdom and France. Uh, the aims were to actually regain control of the Suez Canal for the Western powers and to remove Egyptian President uh, Nasser, who had just nationalized the canal. Um, after the fighting had started, political pressure from the United States, the Soviet Union, and the United Nations led to a withdrawal by the three invaders. So the episode kind of humiliated the United Kingdom and France and actually only strengthened Nasser. And some people say this defeat actually signaled the end of the United Kingdom and France's status as global superpowers. Mm. So quite a historical uh, moment. Very interesting. Um, and then a couple of years later, uh, there was this six-day war in 1967, which caused the Suez Canal to be closed for, uh, I think it was eight years. Um, that's sort of unthinkable in uh, this day and age. So how damaging was that uh, to the global economy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, the canal, you know, is, it is a central point. Uh, and during the Six-Day War in 19, 1967, what happened was a, uh, a UN peacekeeping force has been stationed in the Sinai Peninsula since 1974 to do that, to basically avoid more wars. Uh, the canal finally reopened in 1975, uh, but also have to note that global trade was a bit smaller back then, so the impact was not as severe as if that, something like that were, were to happen today. So then uh, finally back to the Ever Given, or wasn't it also the Ever Green? <laughs> well, you see, uh, Evergreen is written on the boat. Uh, you'll see that in all the pictures and the memes. But that's because the ship is operated by Taiwanese transport company Evergreen Marine, who is one of the world's largest container vessels. Uh, the name of the boat, however, is the Ever Given. I see. And that's the name you see at the back of the boat, but it's not as big as the uh, Evergreen, which you see on the side <laughs> of the boat. Exactly. Um, and so they managed to refloat the boat after about a week, right? Yes, yes. Uh, extremely, extremely fortunate and lucky. It was refloated on March 29, after six long days, uh, you know, the, the boat, it's 400 meters long. That's like four football fields uh, and longer than the Empire State Building is high, weighing 220,000 tons. So there was a real risk that it could have been stuck there much longer. 
they had to use like 14 tugboats to pull and push it at high tide, and finally they dislodged it. Well, we're glad that the canal is now open. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got suggestions on future topics and feedback for us as to how we can make this show better. Uh, as always, thank you to r slash explain like I'm five on Reddit, and we will see you all next week.